We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. I'm always down for a little jock jams. Why not? A little jock jams on a Wednesday in Kansas City. Cody and Gold. Hope everybody's having a good start to their day. We'll be joined by Josh Klingler coming up at 1 o'clock today. He'll be on the field at Allegiant Stadium. He was on the field in Baltimore. I want to find out what he made of that atmosphere because we had Nate Taylor on yesterday and he said, guys, it was kind of quiet compared to Buffalo. We'll ask Kling the same question and what he made of what Baltimore uh, brought to the table. Was it nervous energy? What was it? So we'll get to that a little bit later on. But you did a little digging on venues that Mahomes plays and we know they're going to play at Allegiant Stadium. Mahomes has played there multiple times. Uh, it's an indoor stadium, so the weather's not going to be a factor or anything like that. Uh, it's supposed to be a gorgeous venue. I'm looking forward to check out the, the stadium for the first Same. time. Uh, Patrick Mahomes probably prefers uh, that site. Yeah, so we always make a big deal about these quarterbacks who end up in situations in which they play better, right? It's like, oh, Kirk Cousins. Minnesota's a great fit because Kirk Cousins plays really well, not in the elements. Jared Goff plays really well, not in the elements. What do you think? What do you think? Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback on the planet, is going to play worse inside of those situations. So we're sitting around before the show, and I'm like, you know what? I just thought about that. I should look that up. He's getting ready to play in a legion. He's played 10 games in a dome. He's played four in a retractable roof stadium. So I'm blumbing these in together as indoor venues. We know the dome. We know it'll be closed, so it's really a dome. I can give you those stats too. But indoor stadiums, as in it's either a retractable dome or indoor, Patrick Mahomes averages 306 yards a game, 68% completion. He has he's played in 14 games, 33 touchdowns to three interceptions. Patrick Mahomes inside a dome is even more unstoppable than normal Patrick Mahomes. I I knew that the numbers would be as good as his normal career numbers are as in he wins 8 out of every 10 games or he throws for 280 yards a game and a couple of touchdowns a game. But I didn't know that the picks would go way down or the yardage would go up at the rate that it did or the yards per attempt would go up at the rate that they did. He across the board is about 20% better as a player inside a dome than he is under normal circumstances. And I want you to think about what Patrick Mahomes looking 20% better would look like. Yeah, I mean, the, the stats are always going to be impressive no matter where you're at. But knowing that it's, you know, perfect elements, right? It's, it's supposed to be a great playing surface. I know last year, yeah. we all know that was the case. But theoretically, it's, you know, when you're indoors, supposed to, there should be no issue. The playing surface should be perfect. There's no wind, all of that. You put the best quarterback in football in perfect conditions. Well, 
he's going to be perfect, right? And he's, he's going to be even better than what he was. So I'm not too surprised. My guess is, and we were trying to think about Brock Purdy, you know, he, he plays a couple games a year indoors. Uh, he plays the Rams once a year. So that's that Cardinals. so, so far he plays at, down in Arizona. And then I don't know the rest of their schedule, you know, every, every couple seasons they're playing some games, of course, indoors. Patrick Mahomes also just, I think there's something to be said for being familiar, Cody, with that building too. You know, the, the Raiders haven't been good since they've been in that building anyway. He hasn't lost in that um, building. Yeah, and so, you know, the the fact that you're comfortable, they're staying at a different place than, than they do for a normal Raiders road game, but they've been in that venue. They're actually practicing all week in the Raiders practice facility and Raiders offices. I'm sure the Raiders are just thrilled, thrilled with that. Um, whereas, because the, they're the home team and the, the Niners are technically the road team, so they're practicing at UNLV's facilities. Um, and so just it's the way it worked out, but it is for the, the Chiefs get to use the Vegas's brand, I mean, brand new, gorgeous facilities all week long. And uh, that's just got to sting if you're a Raiders fan. The only loss, by the way, and I looked it up, was to Matt Ryan's Colts. Yeah, last year. That's the singular loss inside of a building the patch moments had it's so funny because like this one could technically be considered a dome because but he's actually even better in retractable roof stadiums <laughs> and that doesn't mean that it's open or closed or just retractable roof stadiums he's actually 10 interceptions to one pick in those five games completes 73 percent of his passes and averages 330 yards a game he's an unstoppable force i mean it doesn't make any sense based on what you would expect out of him in those games but i when i saw that stat and you and i i'd like Look, we don't have to give our official score predictions until uh, <laughs> a, a little, week from Friday. Say, wow, we're doing this early. You and I both think they're winning this game. Spoiler. Um, you've already said as much. I think I hadn't yeah. said yeah. that on air, but yeah. I think the Chiefs are going to beat the 49ers if that's not made clear. It's for a variety of reasons, but one of them is absolutely this. If you're betting, if you're just listening to this because you're trying to, you're a 49ers fan, you're trying to get some sense of what Chiefs fans think of the 49ers. Everything isn't just about you or what we do against you. It's about the circumstances. Given ideal conditions, Patrick Mahomes is borderline unstoppable. And I'm telling you, he already wins a lot. This is a whole nother level. This is a greater win percentage, more yards per game, more touchdowns, less turnovers, all of it. The only yeah. thing that maybe goes up a little is sacks. I don't know. Yeah, other than the Eagles last year, which was, as you said, a retractable venue, but that's included in this stat, this is probably – the second best team that Mahomes has ever played indoors, though. Is that fair to say? Because, yeah, a majority, because a majority of those indoor slash retractable have been against the Chargers and Raiders. Duh. They SoFi Stadium or Allegiant Stadium. They're playing there you know, twice. So twice a year, he's guaranteed. And, and bad teams. And they're not good. Yeah. they're not, and, and we know the Chiefs have dominated the Chargers and the Raiders. And then you brought up the Colts. Not a good team, but the Chiefs did lose. But So other than Philly last year in the Super Bowl, so clearly they were a very, very good football team. This is the second, if not, you could argue maybe the better of the two. I don't know. Team that he will ever face in a dome, too, to add, you know, just to add to the stat sure. a little bit. I'd say but. some of those Chargers teams were at least. But they weren't the 49ers. Competitive. Right? They weren't the um, 49ers. Yeah, they're not the rate, you know, like. And again, the Raiders were somehow 500 in a couple of these years or around 500. There's no doubt that it's being juiced up a little bit. But that's not a that's not a small sample size, you know. That's almost a season's worth of play inside of a dome. That's not, you know, like, because I could pull up Brock Purdy's. I'm sure he's probably playing like four games inside a dome or whatever. But is that going to really give us some indication of what he's doing? I assume, like most quarterbacks, he'd also be slightly better in a dome, right? Slightly better is a big difference, but slightly better when your quarterback is already Patrick Mahomes feels like a, dis like a distinct swing heading pretty heavily in your favor, no matter what Brock Purdy does. 
And I, I know maybe we're just making too big a deal about one stat, but man, for as small well, I mean, of a for as small of a sample size, and it's not because it's fourteen games, he's just better. He didn't turn the ball over, and he throws for a lot of yards. I think the reason why probably it won't be made quite as big of a deal as it would for other – because of what you said. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is just great everywhere for the most part, sure. right? And so, you know, if this was a – like, Brock, if you told me Brock Purdy had been in the league, Cody – Purdy's for, played four, yeah, if, if, if Brock, domed games. If Brock Purdy games. had been in the league for, you know, five years and, at you know, outdoors yeah. he had rougher numbers, but then indoors, for whatever reason, he looked like an MVP quarterback, much bigger deal. Yeah. Whereas from all this, like – Nobody's questioning how Mahomes is going to play in the Super Bowl. So that's probably why it's not made quite like they just saw him go on the road to cold Buffalo to freezing cold Baltimore as well and win. You know what I mean? So I I think that's probably why it's not the same versus a lesser, lesser quality quarterback. You would make a even bigger deal about the indoor stat. That's also probably what hurts other teams are like, oh, cool. He's even more superhuman in indoor games. And when it's negative 20, he also rips my heart out. Cool situation to be in if you're the rest of the NFL. I did, since we were talking about it, four games indoors for Brock Purdy. Uh, so same situation, either a dome or a retractable roof. He averages 250, I'm sorry, 249 yards per game. He uh, has thrown seven touchdowns and three interceptions. So uh, yeah. he's, and he, his record is two and uh, three and one. So he's not been. But, but even that, that, that style, that, that to me is just who he is everywhere. Yeah. That's roughly <laughs> that's like, in fairness. <laughs> yep. That's about roughly what he probably <laughs> does. 250 <laughs> yards a game, a touchdown and a pick or two touchdowns and a pick. Yeah. That feels about right. <laughs> we can, we, we can probably have a deeper conversation next week on this, but I, I just mentioned in the passing and then someone was asking it again on the text line, just about the Niners and, and Eagles from like compared to last year, the Eagles were a better football team than this Niners team. No. Yay. Nay, you like to say yeah or nay a lot on this show. Yeah or nay. Oh gosh, not like that though. God, remember we used to do that. That was a God, segment. What was that? We could bring it back. Just yeah or nay. Oh gosh, nightmares. The 49ers are better than the. It's harder with my voice right now. The 49ers <laughs> are better than the Eagles. Um, both two clearly the best teams in the NFL. I think the yeah. Eagles were, were better. better. Yes, the Eagles had the number one scoring defense, so like they were one of yeah. the best defenses in the entire NFL. And I still like Jalen Hurts a little bit better than Brock Purdy. And they, sure. I mean, they had AJ. They didn't have Christian McCaffrey. They, they didn't have, have that. They didn't have him. But the Eagles are the an, the weapons. Eagles are the answer because of the defensive front and what they even though the Chiefs defense, of course, held them without a sack. But uh, they, they were, the were historically they were historically the second greatest sack team ever. So the whatever, Eagles right? were the better team between these two. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty pretty evident. Even if coaching wise, I think there's a much bigger difference. Right, the the Niners much better coach than clearly. Yes. And this was, I would have probably said that before this disaster of a season so for I. Nick Sirianni, uh, who now you're not just saying Nick Sirianni had to like explain his job security. Yeah, that's why they went out and got some pretty good coordinators well, on paper for this next year. Cause his job is absolutely, absolutely on the line, man. I just, uh, I forgot about yeah or nay. Good stuff. You want to bring yeah that back? Or nay. We used to do yeah. that during the chiefs for a half hour. Was during. that when we, it was a couple years ago. I might have been. Yeah. I don't remember when I think I said it once. <laughs> And then I kept doing it, and you guys hated it even worse. Yes. By the way, it appears our Patrick Mahomes audio is playing on ESPN at the moment. Um, oh, from Carrington Show. From Carrington from 610. Show. So yeah. good for him. Uh, right? Is that ESPN? Is that where that's playing? I think at least a good plausibility. There you go. It is. Anyway, <laughs> let's get back to where the Chiefs are. You had mentioned Brett Veach yesterday. Somebody who, in fairness, I don't think has been the focus of our conversation to Big Chunk this year because we were a little frustrated with him. Happy about Tranquil. Happy about Mike Edwards. 
But boy, boy, oh boy, the wide receiver stuff um, had really, really, really started to get to us. So we were having a conversation about whether or not that was the case. Brett Veach is a huge reason why, when I think about where the Chiefs are, not just this year, but for the next 10 years, I don't think they're going to take a 10-year break from going to a Super Bowl, kind of like the Patriots did. Patriots are 10 years off in between winning them. Tom Brady won it when he was 27. He didn't win another one until he was 37. I think the division of power, the fact that Bill Belichick's not doing both jobs, and that Brett Veach now, year after year, at least does one thing great. Doesn't matter which thing it is. One year it was the draft. This year it was the cheap free agency pool. One year it was banging the table hard enough to convince everyone to take Patrick Mahomes. But whatever the thing is, he is great at one thing every offseason. It's hard to imagine some sort of, not just Patrick Mahomes, but because of him, it's hard to imagine that this team's going to go through a lull. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he has mastered the ability to, despite having tighter cap situations than a lot of teams based off of Patrick Mahomes and the salary that he command, commands and all these other areas that you brought up, he's been able to put together championship rosters. I think that's always the... The, the biggest thing you have in your back pocket is you know your general manager because he's done it once and he's about to maybe do it again, uh, has assembled a championship roster while having a quarterback making the kind of money he's making. I don't know if Cincinnati can do that when Joe Burrow's contract, and they haven't done it anyway, but like no. I don't know if they can do that when the you know the dollar amount's there. Patrick Mahomes already gets right? paid a lot of money. And, and, and so there's some faith that this front office has already done it and knowing that they're capable of that. And when you are able to evaluate specifically, I would argue recently on the defensive side of the ball too, in the secondary, the way they have with a lot of first round picks, I know a lot of people are, the jury's still out on Felix, of course, but Trent McDuffie, George Karloftis, you know, two of their three last Those first round hits. picks are big time hits. Now, big, big time. Clyde hits. didn't work out and we don't know about Felix sure. and UDK Uzama, sure. but I'm not asking for yeah. a 100% success rate. Yeah. Nobody's hundred percent. And when they're again, right, they're all pro, they're, then we can live. Nobody's 100%. And also, I still think it matters that typically they're picking 28 to 32. I mean, this isn't like, well, man, you're picking the top five every year. How are you not finding stars? They're picking it's kind of like hit right when you're in the second round. Yeah, I get you're, it. you're picking 28 to 32. The other part, though, I will say is like you mentioned that maybe they won't have the 10-year gap between Brady's last, you know, his ring. He had the 10-year absence. I don't think it'll be general manager related. The big question will, whenever that day comes, not like Mike Florio is saying in two weeks, but whether it's five years from now or three years from now, two years from now, whenever there's a coaching change, that'll be, that'll sure. be the, I mean, that'll be a huge question at How, that point in time. You know who the next guy is. Cause Andy's not coaching for 10 more years, but I also think he's coaching for at least another year or two. So what happens in safe number six years from now, he's probably not the coach, right? We would agree. Okay, I could probably so agree to that number. Six years from now, he's not That's the coach. That's a number that nobody would argue with. Yeah, so like, six might be three, but sure. Yeah. Six years from now, we'll just say he's not the coach. Whoever the next guy is, there will be questions. What do you think the hiring process like that will look like? How much will it get to be Brett Veach's coach mm-hmm. versus Clark? You know what I'm saying? Like, in some cases, the general manager is the person in charge of yeah. hiring the coach. Does Brett Veach get that discretion in this situation? Or is this like a Veach and Clark Hunt collaborate sure decision? A, I'm, I mean, I don't know what the real answer is. I'm sure we will be told it's a collaboration. I don't know if we'll get a definitive, like, that was 90% Veach and then just to sign off on it. I, I have no idea. We know Clark Hunt, the last go around, was the guy because they didn't have a general manager yet in place, yes. right? So yeah, like, they hired Andy, Andy before the GM. Andy hired John Dorsey, basically. So it's, it's a little bit different spot. I think as far as, like, 
who ends up replacing it. It depends who the OC is at that time and how does everybody feel about the OC, whether it's, you know, three years from now, four years from now, all of that um, will be in play. I mean, if you had to make Spags or Matt Nagy your head coach next year. Next year? Yeah. Matt Nagy, and the reason for that is Wow, Spags. I thought for sure you were going to. No, the reason for how that. How dare here, you disrespect no, your guy Spags? Let me finish the answer, man. Here's the answer. Uh, we have seen how great. Basically, Spags is the defensive head coach. Yeah. And so I, I, want, him like, hey, continue, I, I want him to continue just to focus in on that. Yeah, that's why my answer. Now, I do think we, we talked months ago that the fan sentiment around Matt Nagy changed drastically based on the offensive struggles until the last month or three weeks, really. Yeah. And so before the season started, I think most people would have assumed that Matt Nagy would eventually be the guy that just steps up. I think it got way more complicated based on how this year goes. Also, the timeline. I mean, is Matt Nagy waiting six more years if it takes that? Or is he willing to wait two more years? Whoever is out there, you know, Ben Johnson, you know, Bobby Slowick, those guys, those young offensive minds, if Andy's only around for a year or two more, are the, you know, is that the direction they had to get? These are the only further down too, the road conversations. It's easy to be on the list now. It is not easy to be on the list multiple years sure. in a row. Ben Johnson's been on two years in a row and has turned down jobs both times. Yeah, and then by next year, his team could stink. Yep. And all of a sudden, he's not the hot coordinator name anymore. There's some other offensive coordinator who did a nice job or quarterback coach or anything else. Mm-hmm. That's how Kafka got the OC job in New York. And then, I don't know, maybe he'll get a shot at Seattle. We can talk about that later. But I just... You know, it's not – It's I don't think Brett Veach has been disrespected to this. I think he was in the middle part of the year when people were mad about his wide receiver plan. But I don't know how you'd complain now. Whatever plan he put together on paper, it was good enough to get back to the Super Bowl and maybe Absolutely. win a Super Bowl. Yeah. So while I think it could have been a lot easier on themselves <laughs> this year had they actually gotten wide receiver right, um, I can't exactly hate the plan either. Maybe Patrick Mahomes just covers a lot of warts. But I can't he outbuilt the, out the number one defense in football. Yeah. I mean, like, it doesn't mean there's not criticisms. About it's also just like you and I said this. How often are you the number one team on offense and in defense? Almost never. And when you are, you're like the undefeated Patriot. You know, like, those are special kind of teams. This might just be a really great team that goes on and wins a Super Bowl. Trash of the day. All right, so for a while we hesitated – uh, on doing this story because it's like it's you know we're talking about individuals that had passed away, but it continues to go viral. I was asked about it in an interview in Portland last week, I think it was or something. Okay, and it has to do with the story that I'm sure many of you are familiar with, and there's this big mystery around it. It has to do with the, the three Chiefs fans from back in December that were found frozen to death in this gentleman's yeah. yard, right? And Very and weird. So we've known about it for a while. We stayed away from it, just be, but it's it's blown up even more. It's become a national story now. We're still waiting, or everybody's still waiting for the, the toxicology report to find out maybe what really happened. But what, what, what do you guys make of this? So, again, the story is that basically uh, this gentleman said he was getting ready to go to bed, um, and... He noticed someone was in distress walking near somebody's home. The girlfriend, one of the dead men, finally found their bodies. Several police cars, ambulance swarmed the scene. And it turns out, basically, they were all watching the Chiefs game together. This was this was not the playoff game, right? This was uh, in December. And they're watching the game together. They're watching Jeopardy, reportedly, together or whatever. When, they la- when the gentleman yeah. that did survive went to bed. And then he, w- he wakes up and... Never saw the bodies, we're supposed so, to believe? I'm doing a terrible thought, job of explaining no, this. No, but, but I thought really story, hard about it because there's a million different conspiracy theories that you could make about it. Like, he knew and left them. He knew it was inside the house, and then he moved the body. All the things that could come in there. 
my best guess, based on the evidence we have until we get the toxicology report, which I assume will say illicit drugs were used, is that they went outside, didn't realize how cold it was, were super high on fentanyl, and then just stayed outside. Now, not being able to notice them does seem crazy. Although, I'll say, you and I and Parks were sitting out in the lobby, and we were talking a little bit about this story, and you had said, every morning you look out your window and just kind of like, get a lay of the land and park said he does the same thing to be like well i would have seen my friend's cars yeah, i've been like wait they're still here no i do not do that i do not look out my windows every morning <laughs> i only begin to look outside when i leave like am I, so i would admit that there's a way if i didn't have a dog there'd be a way in which maybe i wouldn't have friends, looked into the backyard for multiple days or whatever that his friend's cars were out in the driveway and just didn't notice i just that's the part you that doesn't notice make that cody it, that's the part that doesn't I make any like. sense and you're acting like it's not like cody i i wake up i spread my arms wide that is kind of how you guys and, were describing and, and, and it and i don't open like, my it's not a cup like of that. tea. i don't sip a cup of tea open up lines i don't just sit there survey and, and smell the fresh air and open the door no i literally it's like a quick look i open the blinds and i look outside for like five seconds and that's it um but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of theories. I think the toxicology report will tell the story. But yeah, it, it, a lot of people's theory is that, you know, maybe they were doing some drugs, happened to be laced with fentanyl, and unfortunately it maybe ended, ended up killing these three individuals. There's Ugh. also a lot of the conspiracy theory stuff out there about, like, how did it, because this guy, like, we're supposed to believe just had no clue what was going on, or did he panic? Like, did, did they truly overdose, and then he ended up panicking? Uh, how did the body, the, the latest report is that the, the body of one of the individuals was sitting in, a, like, a or patio chair, chair or whatever. Yeah. Oh, God. Horrifying. Well, and didn't the person who they, they said that they were they had gotten phone calls, but they didn't receive them because they were asleep for two. They, they were asleep for, for 48 two days. hours. Like, really? For two days straight hours. It's bizarre. I mean, this is one of the more bizarre. I mean, people nationally are talking about it. And when we're talking about sports, even people were asking, like, I, I was always on in St. That was one. It wasn't Portland. It was St. Louis last week. Uh, I was in St. Louis and they were asking just about the game. They're like, Oh, yeah. By the way, what do you make of the, uh, the, the mystery of these Chiefs fans that passed away? I'm like. You know as much as I know about this. I have. Why, why would how would we know? But it's something that everybody people text me about it that don't live in Kansas City. Because I think Fox News picked it up last week or something like that, gotcha. and so it went it, it blew up even more. I mean, it was it was a big story nationally because it seems kind of hard to believe, and because whose house it was hasn't been charged. You're like, what is going on in this story? Honestly, at this point, I feel like it was all a horrible, horrible accident. Is my guess. Um, but yeah, I think the toxicology is probably going to tell us the most. Weird. That is the trash story. of the day. That is the trash of day. All right, coming up next, we'll get to the Chiefs Red Half Hour. We'll get back into something that I swear we've been trying to discuss for weeks about this offense and one player that we are very fond of on the team. Uh, but we need to finally have a discussion about that. Plus, we'll get right back into one element of this game that cody believes the chiefs finally don't have on their side call from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game you have 47 new voicemails Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Chiefs Kingdom, this is Mitch Holtis, and welcome in to the Chiefs Red Half Hour on Cody and Gold, every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. It is the Chiefs Red Half Hour here on Cody and Gold, which is brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Info at thefarmersdog.com slash no magic. We, I promise you, for, I don't know, three and a half weeks, we're planning on discussing something, but the team just kept on winning anyway, so we're like, is it mattering? And he's, he's kind of our guy, so, you know. He is, but it continues to happen. I don't know why, but one of these, maybe at opening night we can ask. It's never been a problem. This year it's happened more, but the team is still winning. So it's like, yeah, why be a, why, why put a downer on it? So we stayed away from it. We're not the only ones. We're all noticing and watching the game. Creed Humphrey's snaps are low all the time this year. All the time. He's like, Pat's grabbing them off the turf sometimes. And it's negatively impacting one to two plays per game where it feels like the pressure gets to Pat or they're coming on those rollout throwaways or any of the other nonsense that are happening it feels like it's consistently disrupting their offense is the problem. Look, Creed is still good. I'm not here to say that. I watched <laughs> him. Ba- I watched him. I watched him bury a man on a highlight play in the last game. He is still one of the best centers in the league. He's an all pro caliber player, but he is snapping it low all the time. Yeah, it's happened a lot to shadow. I don't know. I don't I'm know what terrified the deal is. that somehow that's going to be like a thing that caught because Holmes hasn't like, it hasn't gotten away on a fumble yet. But it feels like one half inch lower, and I'm not so sure that that's not going to be the case. Yeah, you don't want it happening on a crucial third down in on Super Bowl, you know, in, in the Super Bowl. It's been bizarre. I mean, clearly he's aware of it. It's not. I mean, it, it, it's not just a. Ra- First, I thought it was oh, just we got asked about it, was, it a couple of weeks ago, and he yeah, briefly said, and, "I got to do better." Yeah, he owned it. The, the game that you really noticed it for the first time uh, and, and wanted to talk about it was the when we were talking after the Green Bay game because that's when it seemed really evident. I'm like, well, maybe it's just it's just the weather. But it, it's happened in some better venues. Now, you know, it, the fact that it's not outdoors and, you know, it's it's not going to be bad weather at Super Bowl, may, maybe that helps. I mean, I, I, don't, I didn't so pay, I mean, cold like I didn't the pay last enough attention to tell yeah. if he had problems snapping when he was at SoFi or anything like that earlier this year. Uh, or I guess it would have been the last. Yeah, I, don't, I he, noticed he wasn't it about playing. halfway through the last game. Oh, like it's I, been happening. More or halfway through, sorry, the last season. Oh, oh, okay. or this season. Halfway through the season, isn't that about the range where you saw them? Like, hey, you know, there's Green some Bay low. Game it on. Yeah, there's some like low snaps. That's interesting. And then a couple weeks later, I'm like, yeah, there's another one. Oh, okay. And then now again in this postseason, like he's practically bouncing them in these games. I'm starting to get really worried that one of those is going to get away and cause a massive turnover in the only game remaining. He needs to solve the problem, which is this one. Look, we didn't bring it up, not just because we were ignoring it, but because, again, it seemed like that they were mostly moving through it. 
But it has become an actual problem that you have to acknowledge because he must know and Patrick must know that this is something that has been consistently happening for the better part of eight or nine games at this rate. What do you think it is, by the way? Just the yips? The snapping yips? Yeah, we'd have to get a we'd have to get a former sitter on, or you know, maybe when we talk to Ross Tucker next week out at Super Bowl Radio Row. A former offensive, offensive lineman. lineman. Just like if A, if he's noticed it, and if not, like what are the things you can adjust? I, I don't have it. I can't give you an answer. That, that's probably a very technical thing that someone could explain what he's not doing right with position. I I have no idea. We'd be making something up if I tried to to answer that question. Like, what do I think it is? I I, I do I think this know. falls in the same line as like Jawan Taylor, though, where whichever little thing you're doing wrong. We never give enough credit. It is really hard to fix even what seem like small problems for players in the middle of the season. You got a hitch in your swing as a baseball player. It is hard to just fix it in the middle of July. If you got a center and you got a hitch in your snap, it is hard to fix it in the middle of the season. When you were Jawan Taylor and you had been playing a certain type of way your entire NFL career, and they're like, no, do it different. It is hard to make that adjustment. I think it's harder than we give credit for yeah. to just like snap out of it and fix it. That's probably true. Someone on the text line, 913-586-7610, probably brings up <laughs> at least some silver lining here. Hey, he's been doing it all year, though, so at least Mahomes won't be caught off guard when, when, when one of them is surprise him. <laughs> he's he's kind of ready for it just in case That's it, positive just way in case it happens. It. I don't know. Overall, though, he still had a really good season, and as you pointed out, when it comes to run blocking, he's been absolutely sensational. Oh, but yeah. just the snap thing was surprising. And the pass blocking's been great. Yeah. It's just the snaps. Yeah, and it's it happens what? Like six, seven times. Like, eh, okay, that's probably four or five times a game. I'd say that. Yeah. And I'd say of those four or five times, three are just kind of like low, right? He's just like uh, between his knee and his ankle grabbing him. It's like, well, probably should be a little bit higher, but you know, no big deal. Two are shoelacing, right? Two are, I am catching it at my feet or I'm short hop catching it near my feet. And those are the ones it's those one to two gold that have me like nervous. It's not every snap. It's just those, those ones you make your heart flutter for a minute. You're like, okay, mom's got it. But then sometimes it just feels like he's throwing it away. Like those plays just end up getting busted out. There was one in the red zone like three weeks ago, right at the end of the regular season. Yeah. They just had to burn. They had to kick a field goal because Mahomes could never recover from the bad it, snap. It ruins the timing. I mean, so much of the, the, the play is timing. And when you have a, a low snap that hits the ground or something like that, it can throw off the timing and, and, and blow up an entire play. You mentioned uh, nerves. What about pressure for this game? Uh, Chiefs 49ers a couple Sundays from now throughout the playoff run it's clearly been the bills it was clearly the baltimore ravens for a variety of reasons chiefs didn't have that same pressure going to this game now that it's the super bowl i think that automatically evens things up a little bit but the chiefs can still say in their mind hey we're the underdogs nobody believes in us because factually that's accurate yeah. they are underdogs yet again in they're a- gonna they're gonna close as underdogs right you don't uh, yes, see any it's way gone it's back gonna, up. It's gonna, yeah, yeah that, that's why I think so. It, it, at one point, it kept going down. It got settled at one. Chiefs is one point dogs. You're like, man, by the time we get to kickoff, they might be, you know, pick them or, or, or favorites. The fact uh, that it already bounced back up to the opening line of two, two and a half in some spots. Yeah, I think the Chiefs will at least be a one point underdog by the time we get to kickoff. I think there's some real chasing of losses for the people that were convinced they were winning all this money on the Ravens. I'm uh-huh. dead serious. And the Bills. So many people bet on the Bills. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the same people just going back to the well in Vegas and throwing money on the team against the Chiefs because it can't possibly be this Chiefs team. Mm-hmm. Fine. Lose your money. I keep betting them anytime they're an underdog. Every time, by the way, as a matter of fact, because Patrick Mahomes win 95% of the games in which he is a point underdog. Yeah. And if you're just talking about covering, he's 10-1-1 against the spread now as an underdog. He's been an underdog. <laughs> in if, if he closes in an underdog in this game, he will have been an underdog in five of the last six games. And mm-hmm. I know despite all that and all the numbers, 
they have more pressure in my mind because of the completion of back to back more than the 49ers have. Look, it'd be different. I think I think it'd be no doubt the Chiefs if the 49ers had already won a Super Bowl, that's what makes this thing close. The 49ers had just snuck one in one of the years the Chiefs did, right? Shanahan already had one. That team would feel like they're free rolling. Like, wow, we got Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, to a Super Bowl in his second year. And they were, they're going to tell themselves, too, by the way, the 49ers are going to tell themselves, we would have been in the Super Bowl last year, too, if Purdy just hadn't had his arm ripped out of his socket halfway through the game. Like, yeah, maybe. Maybe you would have Probably, been. yeah. So they're feeling, but, like, the only the only additional pressure we didn't talk about the last time is the thing that teams make the mistake of all the time is do you got to get one for Purdy when he's cheap? Because especially for a seventh round rookie and a guy that you only have to pay nine hundred thousand dollars to, yeah, I'm sure if the Chiefs had to pay nine hundred thousand dollars to a quarterback, they could have Bosa and McCaffrey and Ayuk and Debo and pay Ward a free agency. I'm sure that they could afford every single of and Fred Warner. So they're gonna have fifteen players above forty million dollars too, if our if the Chiefs quarterback made nine hundred thousand dollars. There is something to that because the second you got to pay Birdie a big number, it's not just going big like a first round quarterback. It's it's exponentially skyrocketing through the moon. The, the there's definitely that you know I think the Kyle Shanahan factor goes into this you know the fact that he doesn't have a ring yet. And people still reference twenty eight to three, He's and, young, and he lo- and he lost. You know what's funny about that? Is he winning that coach for that game. I, I understand, but you know, but people bring that yeah, up. I, I'm just telling you what people the, the the narrative around him is. We can we can agree or disagree on it. That's just what the narrative is. And, and then he lost head to head to Andy Reid back in the 2019-2020 season when Jimmy Garoppolo was his quarterback. We all know he's a hell yeah. of a coach, but he's in the same spot that Andy Reid was while younger. 15 uh, years younger. I looked it but up. it was, hey, is he going to ever win one? And in, until he does, there will be people that will reference still even his time as a coordinator with, with the Falcons. And so I think for Kyle Shanahan, there's some pressure there to, to get your first one. For Kansas City, I, I understand the fact that you're trying to solidify yourself as a dynasty be the first back-to-back winner in 20-plus years. That is true. I just wonder on an individual one through 53 basis of that team, how many of those guys are actually feeling that? Maybe Mahomes, sure. Maybe Mahomes is, Kelsey, Randy Reed, like Chris, maybe. Like, how many guys on the roster, though, truly? Like, if you're Rashi Rice, are you even thinking about Dynasty? Dynasty or back-to-back? No. I would argue no. Back-to-back, I think anybody who was here for the first one. You yeah, know, Pacheco, I, Williams, Watson, they should be feeling but, back-to-back. But I think we're guilty of this. And I, again, I we can't get inside the mind of any of these players, but, like, I think sometimes we assume because history is at stake, man, back-to-back first time in 20 years, and that clearly Justin Reed and these guys, just because they're aware of something yeah. does not mean that it that they feel pressure. I'm not saying they, it doesn't mean that they don't, but like it, it doesn't all just because someone acknowledges that history is on the line does not mean that everybody is like, oh my gosh, there's just so much pressure on me in this game. We're trying to go back to back. Like we have, we just automatically assume that yeah. man, they're all just feeling well, that pressure. It's not that they don't know. It's just people feel pressure differently. We know that yes. Patrick Mahomes doesn't feel regular pressure. And at this point, I, I don't assume Travis Kelsey does or Andy Reid does the age thing. I think what, you know, when what it probably comes down to if you and I were like, if we said, Hey, we got to find common ground. You and I have to agree on the show's stance for who has more pressure. I think the correct answer is Shanahan has way more than Absolutely. Reed, but the Chiefs players have more than the 49ers players. But see, again, I'm not even tr- like, I think yes, but then how does George Kittle, who lost to this Chiefs team yeah. four year, you know, three years ago, whatever, how does he not have more pressure? How well, does, just as a unit, ha- has right? Fred Warner, like one to one, yeah, yeah fine. You there know, are a few 49ers players, but they only have what? Five guys who are on that team? Is it the down rest to five? Are, 
The rest are the exact same you just mentioned. They don't know anything about that team. They didn't play with that. They didn't sure. play with that squad. They don't feel, you know, like, the yeah. hell do I know about that? I wasn't on that team. I didn't play with that team. Christian McCaffrey didn't play with that team. I don't have, I got nothing to do with that. Christian McCaffrey probably feels it because he's a running back. <laughs> you never know yeah. how long you're going to last I, in this I, league. I just think you brought this up earlier when if we're going to consider outside noise for any of this anyway. You know, the, the Chiefs, while in that locker room, they still believed in themselves. But if it, you know, if you buy into the Niners for the, especially the first five weeks of the season, everybody was crowning them already. First five, well, you don't want to play them. Heck, I even said that. You don't want to play them. Five well, weeks. We talked but about when, them. But when we had that conversation in October, I also said the good news is the Super Bowl's not played till February. I mean, we could pull the audio. That's the very thing that I said and a lot of people said. Yeah, you don't want to play them in September the way they're playing. But in February, who knows how that team's going to be. And, and little did we know, here we are. It's about to be February, and they're playing each other. And we do feel way differently about the 49ers today than we did in September. And I feel way differently as I we all I still think do. they're one of the best teams in the NFL. Absolutely. Absolutely. But they don't, they don't look like the dominant juggernaut that we thought they were in September. No, it's also hard because there were two teams that were clearly um, ahead of, <laughs> like clearly ahead, I would say, of where the... Chiefs had been most of the year, and they just beat the hell out of one of those two teams. Sure. Like, the Ravens had more talent. You and I still think that the Ravens have a more talented football team. They just, I mean, crushed them. I, I know it was 17-10. That game was not close. The Chiefs controlled all 60 minutes of that football game. They were never not in control of that football game. So it's harder to view the 49ers as this, like, oh, no. Had they not played the Ravens, I think we'd be talking about the 49ers a lot different. Let's say the Texans had gone on to beat them and the Chiefs went through Buffalo, tough game, and then got to play at home against the Texans. We'd be like, I mean, the 49ers, man, that's the best team they played all year by a lot. The 49ers are as good as the Ravens, but they're not infinitely better than them, which is a completely different conversation, which is why, you know, you and I don't fear them the same way I would have hell a month ago, probably going into the postseason. I remember before the postseason, we're like, wow, well, the Chiefs path sucks. They're going to have to take on Miami, a team that gave them a good scrap earlier in the year, go to Buffalo, and then go to Baltimore. That's the one of the worst. That's the worst case scenario. Yep. We could have been dreaming up before the playoffs had started. And then they, you know, obviously <laughs> won all those games. So now when I'm up against the 49ers, I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Walk into this quaking in fear? Yeah, kind of hard just, to feel that way a, anymore. There's a lot of different elements, and I'm, and I'm sure on Monday night when, when the players talk again, because again, the players won't talk until Monday. The coaches will talk again this Thursday, but Monday opening night uh, there in Vegas will be the the experience factor. You're right that there's only five players still from the 29 on the on the Niners, whatever, on, from the 2019-2020 season. But the Chiefs have a majority of the you know what 95 percent of this roster yeah. was in the Super Bowl last year. And there's something to be said for that. Even Andy Reid's schedule this week. It's hard to have that much Super Bowl experience because yeah. if you're three it, years removed, half the team's gone. Yeah. The experience even from just the plan. And Kyle Shanahan's been in the Super Bowl before, so he has his routine. But the Chiefs just did this a year ago. Even the little stuff, like this week, they're treating it like they're playing Sunday in terms of their yeah. game plan. They're installing everything this week. That way, next week is way more relaxed because they're going to be doing every damn media interview on Earth, including Monday night. So Which I think a that's a big deal. Like These Chiefs, most other than Rashi Rice, like they've all gone through opening night at the Super Bowl. That stuff does matter. It, to me, it, it does matter that you've gone through stuff like that before. That all goes into it. It's one of the secondary things um, in terms of in terms of the pressure. Like there's there's just the nerves are not going to be there the same way. I believe they'll be there for the 49ers. I mean, based on the first half, a couple of games of these for Brock Purdy, I feel like he's feeling at least a little of the pressure. 
I know he's performed late, but boy, got off to bad starts. <laughs> I mean, it just looks like he's out of sorts to start those games. Maybe the way Mahomes used to talk about, remember at home for like a first quarter, sometimes I was like, yeah, sometimes I have a hard time. I'm getting a little too amped up. I'm having too much fun there in the early going, and I'm uh, you know, just like kind of running wired. That kind of feels like what's going on with Brock Purdy a little bit. You and I both said that we don't care, though. Like, we know that the Chiefs are hated by everyone. Uh, Vinny Pasquantino came to the show yesterday and said, embrace, essentially, your villain era. Have to. Why wouldn't you embrace it? And you told me that there's a study that said the Chiefs. Yes. Shocking. Wait, Gold, are you here to tell me that the Chiefs are the least liked team in the NFL? They are. You know, it's who it's, knew? Little did we know we'd be here. Now, look, if you told me at the beginning of the season they were probably already trending that direction, now you add in the Taylor Swift stuff, and for whatever reason that bugs people, uh, you add in that the Chiefs are enemy number one. And if you would have told any of us growing up rooting for the Chiefs that one day, one day your hometown team is going to be so good. So good that they're going to be the team that everybody else, all 31 other NFL cities, they're 30, I guess, 30 cities that they they all hate. You, your team. I would have said, oh, how's that? Why would they hate Kansas City? All the, well, you're going to win. Kansas City, we're such a nice, just, we're not New York yeah, or yeah, Boston. You're going to win all LA. the time. Yeah, that's why I said 30, because the, yeah. the Giants and Jets are the same city. Anyway, so, but yeah, when, you, when you're talking about all of that, I never would have thought we'd see the day. But according to Bet Online, which is an offshore book, the defending champs were determined to be the most disliked team in the NFL, which tracked tweets from the last 90 days to express negative sentiments about each franchise. Over 120,000 tweets were tracked. Do you care to guess the other teams in their order? Um, Like top five? Jets. Yeah, this graphic is so small. I'm Aaron Rodgers had an interesting year. Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys were the second most hated. Okay. 49ers. Eagles were the third. The Eagles, I should have known that. Mm. Fourth was... Bengals? Ravens. Okay. Fifth? Okay. Think about a team that used to be the number one hated. Patriots? Patriots, yeah. That's the top five. And then the six and seven are the Giants and Jets. <laughs> wow, you're telling mm. me that the Chiefs are so hated right now that they could be still hated five years after they were any good? That's right. That's right. Patriots haven't <laughs> been good for years. How could you even hate them? It's Matt Jones. I, I borderline pity them now. Yeah. That's a sad state of affairs Bailey's over heavy. there. Hate them? They're starting Bailey's at Actually, you know what? In fairness, I was thinking about it. I was like, I don't pity them. I kind of like laugh when they're bad. It's like, huh? Must suck. Time to start here, here, you know what? You do kind of still how, uh, enjoy them being bad a little, don't you? And here's how you know point. your team just sucks and is irrelevant and nobody cares. So the Jags were dead last. Mm. Then it was the Colts. And then it was the Bucks and Commanders. How, how small is the type on that, Dude, by the way? Look at the look at the graphic. Okay, it will it, not enlarge. Uh, it's very small because so not the, the text line says, "Hey man, this isn't a good look for Dury Vision. We're gonna need you to." But I'm looking at how small that is. There's that no says, way you could have seen this. Has that. nothing. The fact that I can still see without ha- I, the the graph will not enlarge. This has nothing to do with. I mean, it is the smallest print. Uh, and I can the fact that I can see. There's a lot of people that wouldn't even be able to see that. You know, shout out Dury Vision. If you may, where, where are the Bengals at on that list? They can't. Eat. They've never won a Super Bowl. Like seven, like seventeenth? No, yeah, the, ja- the Jags are last. Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, Panthers are, are last. Panthers are last, one, right? Two, Who hates the no, Panthers? I just told you the Jags. Yeah, yeah, he, he just said one, the Jags are last. Two, three, really? Four, the Panthers five. weren't I even. Just, on, I just said it. Yeah. The Panthers one, weren't even two, in the three, last five. Four, five, six. They're the seventh, seventh on the list as far as least Most. cared about. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they've never won a Super Bowl. So you could say seventh most liked, but win a Super Bowl and then we can. I know. I know. Well, I, I. Burrow's so smug, too. It'd be easy to hate him. If you, He's got well, a real air see, of arrogance to If him. you told me this, like, five years ago, I'd be like, oh, yeah, for sure. But since I got Joe Burrow, I think a lot more people have seemed to hate the Bengals, Jamar Chase, their 
actually legit. Yeah, you know, they've made it to a Super Bowl. They're talking more hated. trash. Someone is right yeah. on the Patriots. And I don't know if you like, it's also the cheating stuff to go with them. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Fair. It's it's. It's a good point. It's the cheating, Spygate, the Flategate stuff on top of just what was happening here, which is people just hate winners. If your team is irrelevant, nobody hates you. Why would they? We did the same survey 10 years ago. The Chiefs would have probably been like one of the more liked teams in football. I do think that there, there's a – I think the Taylor Swift thing is really up the yeah. ante for that because yeah. I think the Chiefs being good is – like you, you're people are mad that they're as good as they are, but it's not from a – I hate them perspective. It's they keep winning and it's really annoying, but they, they have not cheated. They, they, they didn't have a rule named after Patrick Mahomes, essentially the tuck rule, like with Tom Brady, like yeah. everything went the Patriots way. It was always them. Rules were changed for Tom Brady. It's, weird. it's been the opposite way. It's been rules Cor- against guys who've yeah. lost to Patrick Mahomes. Correct. And we're, we're now Patrick Mahomes is, is as good as there's ever been. He's never done anything wrong to anybody. He never had a rule change. The chiefs have just won. And I think that it's more of a it's more of a respectful hate thing than it is a I don't know man it's some sincere of the st- hate at least from my end of things I mean I I think like. though you're right I mean it, you mean even this goes back to Drew before you were here but you saw it from afar I mean initially after Mahomes won people enjoyed it but then very quickly then people started there's yeah. a lot of personal stuff too you know it, it's sure. the you, the you, wife you're right all about the stuff that like has no business of yeah being you're right about yeah, yeah. like Taylor Swift now is adding to it and and why people you know that that is so stupid but like it was yeah it was Brittany Mahomes before you know and now people moved on to hating Taylor Swift and it's just it's silly just it's, it's dumb sells. it's what but again nobody would have cared about that stuff if they weren't good it all comes back to that yeah. Like nobody would have cared about Mahomes' personal life if he wasn't the best quarterback in football. That's all it is. Yes. And then they, because they want to find ways, because he's not that hateable. Like Tom Brady, like Patrick Mahomes isn't as arrogant and as smug as Tom Brady. I'll was. say though, Tom Brady post football, very likable guy now. Very likable. Uh, have you been, I mean, watching some of these interviews and stuff? Yeah. He, he seems to like, more like very likable now. I hate to I say know, it. He said this about A Rod once, and I well, adamantly. But you just, yeah. I adamantly disagreed, and then he looked like an ass like a week later. My mom is disgusted at that because she felt the same way. She goes, I, I hate that I actually enjoy watching Tom Brady talk talk about football now. Post Tom like, Brady, post football Tom Brady, very likable guy. Actually, he became much more likable the second he got out of the Belichick shell of As soon as he secrecy. went to Tampa? Yeah. When he came to Tampa and he loosened up a little bit and he seemed like Hawaiian shirt Tom, it was like, yeah, he does seem a little looser That now. might be the reason why people I can't, hate you know, the Chiefs it's hard well. to know. It's like, you know. Well, they're very, they're very close knit. The Chiefs are not publicly available as other teams. They don't have as much access. Patrick Mahomes doesn't show as much personality as other because inside that organization, that's not viewed as a positive. It's not as bad, I think, as the Patriots like distrust the media, hate everything about the media, don't be accessible. But there is a part of the Chiefs where like they're guarded. I, I think along the lines of them also being likable too, it makes it even worse. Is I, I, I like them, but they're also so freaking good. That that it's really irritating. I, I think it. Patrick Mahomes hasn't done anything bad. He's seems like a great dude. You know, people watch the quarterback series, and you learn a lot about what they do, and they go through on the yeah. off the field basis, and you fall in love with those people, like how people fall have fallen in love with Kirk Cousins. I mean, it, it, but the fact that yeah. Chiefs keep on winning, it, it, it's it's frustrating. But I think it's a more respectable Chiefs, from my end. Chiefs, Cowboys, Eagles, the three most hated teams in the NFL, according to. Mm, Cowboys. According to, well, the Cowboys are always going to be. You knew it would be on there. Cowboys are always going to be up there. That's yep. that, Permanent. Eagles, Permanent that's, that's not surprising list. whatsoever. It's Cody and Gold brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Info at thefarmersdog.com slash no 
magic. Up next, we get to what's trending and back into how we view Brock Purdy and who the heck's going to coach these final two teams that have openings in the NFL. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 